Well, Brent is gay, and Caitlin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Welcome to Homo Superior, where if you know who Jew Bloodly is, you've been listening to us for way too long. Issue 253, I'm Kalen. I'm Adam. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week on Homo Superior, Jennifer Walters takes part in a wedding with no stakes. But if you note that at the beginning, <laughs> it doesn't, it's just completely fine. Who cares, right? <laughs> we don't have to really work hard on writing. Uh, the X-Men, the animated series, introduces one of the early internet memes. It's the juggernaut, bitch. Wait, who's the bitch in this scenario? Hopefully me. You are. Oh. Because hey. he's the motherfucking juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> uh, the Avengers versus X-Men versus Eternal storyline expands to include the Fantastic Four and, surprisingly, the Avengers. And kind of the Thunderbolts, but we'll get into that yeah. the issue. Uh, plus, we've got some plugs, but first, housekeeping. So, uh, New York Comic Con's coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's the weekend of October 7th. On October 8th, we are co-hosting a Bar Sinister Happy Hour with comic book queers, House of X podcast, Power of X-Men, X-Reads podcast, and the X-Wife podcast. It is going to be at... Social Drink and Food. Thank you, which is on the rooftop of the Yotel in Hell's Kitchen, I believe. Christina told me all of the true beauties were going to be there, and she's right. <laughs> so definitely <laughs> fucking come visit yeah, us. It's at 7, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Also, you, you just... When you list all the names like that, it makes it seem like x Fans are not good at coming up with different names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the XXX podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into some MCU Next TV. Adam, I want to MCU Next TV. Yeah, well, if you are living under a rock, know that MCU Next TV is our weekly segment focused on the latest and greatest. I want to live under the rock. He's kind of hot. He's, pretty, he's really fucking hot. Yeah. Uh, MCU Disney Plus TV shows, while sometimes we digest entire seasons as extra issues, we know folks can't wait to talk about weekly spoilers and reveals. So let's get down with She-Hulk episode six and X-Men animated series. Is he really hot? Season one episode? Not eight? really. Yeah, I just was making a bad joke. Wait, but okay. okay. Objectively, no. physically, I know that I'm de- railroading this. No, but I want to talk about because this because I don't I, like this. I agree that he is physically attractive, but I also think that it really bothers me how much of like the like high school superstar energy he gives off like he mm. fe- I feel like he's trying to charm me and that makes me feel dis- distrusting of him. Here's the deal. I would have sex with him just for the story and feel vindicated because the high school jock chose me. Isn't but he that's sad. I know. <laughs> I didn't say this was a happy story. Yeah, Brent. right. Yeah, I mean, a, a every, story in two I mean, at most yeah. gay people feel that energy. It's like you always want to be counterculture, but then you'd like, if the fucking quarterback is like, no, do you want to fuck behind the stalls? It's just like the same as like a funny guy. Who, the, the, the guy who's supposed to be funny, but really isn't as funny as the energy they're bringing. It, it, it's he, like Josh Gad aping, you know, Jack Black or something. He's got big, he does have big salesperson energy. energy. Well, that too, but like big salesperson energy where yes. it's like they're yeah. just... They're the talk of the town. They love rocking into a room, talking to everybody there. And I do like more authentic people, but I mean, <laughs> I'm not talking about marrying him or dating him. I'm talking about fucking him. Yeah, but uh, that, uh, that's we what need I'm emotional saying. connection, Kaylin, and you need to get I'm used saying. to that. And it's like I don't want to. I don't want to be a negative person all my life. And his authenticity, could, his authentic self, could really. I be do think that's a it. Positive. I'm. I, there's bad, dark things in the world. I don't want to bring more darkness. So all of my characters in movies are hashtag have blessed. Successful right. endings. Didn't hashtag you watch blessed. like Young Rock on NBC or whatever? His like dad was a wrestler. So I, I think he just grew up. There was in a Young a, Rock show. Yeah, yeah, they literally made a Young Rock. I know show. there's a Young Chris. Oh, everyone hates Chris. I, and and this, this is everybody loves. Rod, this the rock. rock. Everyone <laughs> loves rock. rock. Like, yeah. Would I sleep with them? Yes. Yeah. What's okay? What uh, are we arguing not, about? No, not ev- but, if but, any but of the, us said we wouldn't sleep with the rock, like, I would be. Clark highly. would say he's not. Uh, Clark would probably be like, "Ew, gross." He now, has too many muscles. Now that we're doing this, I just feel like it's maybe. Maybe I did make a mistake because this is like the we're the Hillary Swank conversation in the office where they're debating is she hot or not. not. We're doing a poll on our Twitter of would you have it's sex a stripper with the poll, rock? by the way. <laughs> I just think that the energy he gives off turns me off. I think that's a ver- very valid response. It doesn't mean you wouldn't have sex but, with Yeah, him. but that, that says more about me than anything. Like, Because it says I'm the gremlin who needs to hide in the darkness. <laughs> that Under the rock. You have a little bit of Smeagol <laughs> energy going around. Yeah. Like, oh, my precious. Calm. Calm. Calm in my mouth. I'll tell you who is super hot. 
the guy that was in She-Hulk episode. He was so hot. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a wedding episode. Jed meets a man and faces off again with Titania. I always call her Titania. Uh, while her law firm buddies deal with Mr. Immortal. And Patty Harrison was the guest star in this. She sure was. Why? This okay. Is, that's what's so funny, though. Like, I, I, we're just it was actually keep, unfunny, we're, but go we're ahead. We're going to keep derailing all the time because the show starts, we're watching it, and Andrew just goes, my boyfriend goes, oh, that's Patty Harrison. And like, I've seen her on Z-Way. I've seen her around. She like has like a good, interesting star power. Yeah. But when I looked up of her, or, like her filmography or like where she is, like, it's amazing how weirdly known she is in my like brain space. Yeah. Given that like she's not really in a lot of stuff. She's at least she's lot. well, she's in Shrill with Maybe uh, that's yeah, that was like a big uh, one. AD Bryant. Bryant. Yeah. She also had a very funny role in but all I mean, obviously it was small in I think you should leave. Oh, what, what did what, she do? She, in that she one? had the Christmas uh the joke scene, like the with the then there's a new copy machine. Uh, and so it makes you like it looks like Santa came early, and so she's making all these terrible jokes, and no one's laughing. Yeah, she's like, "Fucking Dale talks about Christmas one time, and you all lose your shit." Everyone's like, "Okay, maybe but that's what I mean." Like those two things are like the top things that she knows from. Like she's just weirdly like more out there than I would expect. So this is kind of a serious question. Patty, uh, Patty is trans. Ah, you didn't know that? No, I didn't. Yeah, she, Patty is trans, okay. and I also did not and, know that. and play plays a trans character on uh on Shrill. So oh, in yeah. She Hulk, she's ostensibly playing like a cis het yeah. woman. Yeah. Uh, because Jen says, "Oh, we knew each other back back in the day in like high school, and you know all the wedding stuff." And so I thought it was great that Marvel cast her, somebody yeah. who's trans, but had her play a cis person. And I feel a little weird about that. Like, I don't know how to feel. Like, I'm like, sure, trans people can play cis people. That, yeah. I think that's yeah. perfectly fine. But I would like to see real trans representation. Like good opportunity to just add yeah. one or two lines of dialogue. I guess, I, I, now that I think about it, did they ever mention the partner or show the partner who's getting married? Uh, they didn't show him, but it was a guy. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't, that that makes more sense now why she's more in the cultural lexicon because I like I had assumed that she was LGBTQ plus, yeah, but I didn't know what she identified as, so that's okay. That makes a little bit more sense to me of like. And she was in New Orleans when we were there earlier this year, by the no way. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. yeah. Sorry, I missed you, Patty. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel if the She-Hulk showed up at my wedding and wasn't the She-Hulk or was the She-Hulk. Like I would want her to be the She-Hulk for sure. <sighs> the photo ops, because you're nah, really th- that th- much of a blushing. I think on, I think of, on the of, rehearsal of day, on the rehearsal the day before, I think yes, show up as She-Hulk. But on the wedding day, no. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, yes, if you want to be, I mean, we Bri- all would be a little bridezilla-ish. But would you, you'd really be Brimzilla. that fresh? I'd be like, bitch, get over here. We're taking seventeen thousand photos. Can you lift me and my husband up in the air? Like, I would take. I would want to be in every fucking photo. Which I, know. you, I, you do want to be the center of attention, if you're me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did get married four years ago. I did, yeah. And so, almost, almost to the day. Almost to the almost to the day. Oh my god, happy fourth anniversary, Brent. Thank you. It's congrats. Sweet. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how I. I don't know. There's <laughs> not a want. whole lot to say about the episode uh, because well, the episode wasn't very good. And I didn't it, mind it. Well, that's the cute. thing. It's, so, yeah. t- t- Titania, Titania, whatever her super name is, she could be a really fun character, but is instead a very one note. And there's 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 no machination. There is no planning. It is stupid thing after stupid thing. I'm gonna get in a brawl. Like there, like you could play many psychological games with her throughout the wedding that make her look worse. That so, I love that point because the what this could have been, it could have been. And I'm going out here. This could have been that Sheer episode where they had that uh, like prom and like Katra uh, was running around causing like so, so much, much shit. Mischief, yeah, and it was like so iconic, and I was so in, and every all the bits and pieces worked, and this. It did fall flat in terms of it's like they almost didn't know what they wanted. From it was them. undercooked. Yeah. Both both stories were undercooked because wedding episodes could be a lot of fun. It's like you know I did like when Jen you know broke the third uh, fourth wall. wall excuse me third wall uh, fourth wall and said oh yep this is you know I know if you think it's awkward so are weddings you know like mm-hmm. timing for weddings can be awkward and disruptive but it was also one note the Titania stuff was one note the fact that the 
the Patty's Patty's character and the bridesmaids were kind of bullying Jen. Also, one note, and I'm getting a little annoyed with like Jen being the butt of the joke in that regard. Yeah. It's like she's an attractive, smart woman. Like, why are we playing this up to like that contrast? I I, th- I think there's a good reason for it, but that it's poorly executed. Which the show is trying to point out the ways that it's difficult to be a woman. And the ways that even if people aren't physically attacking you are constantly trying to undermine you and uh, rip off your wings. And I think that they could have improved both the mm-hmm. the subplot about the bridesmaids and the Titania stuff by making them in exhibit more of the characteristics in a grounded way of like, yes, Titania, this whole episode is pretending like, look, that's water under the bridge. We're friends now. We don't have to fight. And then does everything in her power to make Jin look bad. Right. So that only Jin knows, but the rest yeah, of the group does doesn't. Right. But then the, the the group is so over the top Cinderella uh, stepsisters, like toxic, <laughs> that you're just like, this doesn't feel believable. There's it also, doesn't feel believable. Yeah, exactly. There's also just no arc to, like, the immortal one kind of has one, especially because uh, obviously her assistant gets like a big boost of confidence. But it does seem weird to me that there was no. It, and it's, uh, it would still feel cliche, but it just didn't have momentum. Like, it just wasn't like, what was Jen supposed to get out of this? I actually thought she was going to trans, like, I thought it was going to be a flip where she would transform in front of the guy that she had met. And then the guy would actually be off, like, scared or off put. Like, because of the flip from Correct, the guy exactly. from the like, earlier season. Then it would be season. a learning of, like, you cannot you cannot be what men want you to think. You have to be what That's you feel. much better. Gosh, I really, really like that a lot. How do you guys feel about the degree of typecasting spe- specificity that uh, the Mr. Immortal is played by the same actor who played Andrew and Yes. Eve, and that he is a super wealthy, scheming con man who cheats on women. As his and typecast men. and men, as his typecast character, I, I I think he's perfectly smarmy, and I liked seeing him. Uh, and I think it was a funny idea, again executed very subparly. I was mostly upset that the lawyers were not zealously defending their fucking client. You have an obligation, even if your client is a dirtbag, to represent them to the best of your ability. And the fact that they basically. Uh, under they they took his money and then undercut any defense he could have. If they should have refused to work with him and then spent their time getting all of the other parties together to, to sue, sue him. him. If Brent were a stripper, his name would be Legal Briefs. <laughs> would you fuck that guy? Would you fuck Mr. Immortal? I think Mr. Immortal is pretty hot. Oh, I think well, yes, he is Very attractive. Handsome. When Andrew when Andrew was on uh, Veep, like the actor who played Andrew, he has this sort of like Adrian Brody. Yeah. Ask, like, and I am very attracted to Adrian Brody. So, yes, I, I think he's handsome in a very douchey way. It, yeah. it does seem. I, I feel like I would do a one night stand. Maybe. <laughs> there is some element of the show slightly can't win, I think, in the sense of how it runs storylines and its characters. Because I think a couple of episodes ago, we were like, we want the uh, supporting cast to have storylines. And I think, and mainly because the episode was called Just Jen, I know Clark's not here, but we were talking about it before. But it's like, well, if it was just Jen, why did we get the B plot? And I was like, A, because the A plot was so small that they needed time to bat it. But I like, I did like seeing the interact. Like, I I think the part that hurts me the most about this episode is that they only have nine. And that, like, I would rather, I would love if this was 20 plus, if this was like actually like network television, we had 20 plus comedy episodes. Or Daredevil's gonna have 18. Correct. So, yeah. Like, I would, She Hulk needs. Episodes of the week. This is a very cute, fun episode of the week. It is really tough to drop this in when you've got only eight other episodes to what would hopefully amount to a larger storyline that moves her character journey forward. Right. They, um, need, they need someone who understands the law writing with them because... <laughs> It's yeah. a fucking. I mean, have but you that, read I mean, a comic where they have court cases? It's the uh, exact same. What the, I think yeah. the uh, the head writer actually spoke about this. She's like, "Well, we really had to change how we wrote scenes because we realized we had a team of writers that did not know how legal rooms work." Uh, legal well, rooms. What do you think it were before? My God, because like, <laughs> what's on what's on screen? It's Harvey is... Birdman, attorney at law. Like, I feel like they they were like that. They were probably like on the vision board. 
that's what they want. They're like, we got to were, If they were leaned into the campiness of Harvey Birdman, that would probably work. Yeah. But it's it's still trying to be too grounded too much. They're like, case closed, Your Honor. Yeah. And they have been walked Case closed. The <laughs> <laughs> if Madison turned out to also be an A actual lawyer. judge. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk X-Men animated series season one, episode oh, eight. Wait, I'm sorry. Can we go back to She-Hulk for one yeah, second? Sure. I don't mean to do that. Who do we think are like the, speaking of the long-term plot, they, were, they showed that like mysterious scene at the end with oh, those yes. scientists. Intelligence, yeah. And then Intelli- there's also the... Yeah. Yeah, we actually... Wait, fuck that. We are talking about She-Hulk more. Let's talk about Intelligentsia. Why, why are you, saying, why you looking at me like it was my I, choice I don't know. For, I had You're like angry a, at yourself. I know. I had a brain like fart. I, like I said, you couldn't. I had a brain fart you. where I was like, nothing else happened in that episode. Let's move on. Uh, um, a bunch of um, incel creeps are uh, being fomented to, uh, you know, attack, attack She-Hulk. Well, and I yeah. will tie into the idea of the wedding and also the relationships. Like, these are... Obviously, it's a fucking Marvel show, so the concepts are pretty heavy-handed. But I will say, like, those two, like, being a bridesmaid with, like, shitty high school friends and, like, obviously even dealing with, like, shitty relationships. Like, I do – I don't I don't know. I can't say. I'm not like, oh, it must appeal to blank. But I'm like, I'm assuming there are certain people that might see themselves more in these storylines than, like, the typical action plot line of, like, a Falcon Wonder Soldier or – so I think there's an element to it, too. Which is where no one can see themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but the intelligentsia stuff, I think, is really interesting because it not only plays into the incel like kind of community, which is I shouldn't be, obliterate it, but like it also, it's just another, the show is making very heavy statements on how women experience the world. So yeah. I, I do like the overall thematic themes, I guess. But what did you guys, what are you guys ex- thinking about with intelligentsia? Is this really going to be an end thing? Is it just another episode? What do you think? Well, I think that they learned from their mistakes. You can't just stab Jen Walters with a needle. You need to use a bigger needle. <laughs> and that's going to solve all your problems. Just make what it bigger. If the Taco <laughs> Bell Chihuahua actually runs intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> so the needle, I, I think the needle is either vibranium or even dun, 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 adamantium Ooh. to be able to pierce her like you know, tough as hell Hulk skin. Yeah. I feel like it probably will be adamantium because vibranium is like, is it really considered sharp? It's just considered strong, right? Well, I mean, you can take any metal and make it like pierce it through. Maybe whatever, it's, if it's strong enough. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like, you have no. to have something that is strong enough all the way through to like push. You need, you need force as well. So if like someone is still trying to push their hand against something really hard, they yeah. would shatter their hand mm. rather than actually pierce the skin. Well, yeah. Cher was strong enough to live without you, so I think she, she'll be strong. I don't know, it's a bad joke. Sorry, Cher shoulder. She shall share shoulder <laughs> <share, laughs> by the she share. Keep your eyes open, bitch. All right, uh, but <laughs> yeah, that's that covers it. Anything else on the She Hulk? Hey, why don't you turn back time now? Turn back we, time is to it the nineties. We, we are gonna hit daylight savings time soon, right? Not till November. Oh, but it's coming up. Make yeah. sure to listen. To this episode of November. Set so your, that, uh, set really your clock. That's alarms. what our listeners are here for, for those kind of <laughs> reminders. I meant you're going back to the 90s with the X-Men I know, bitch. Uh, let's do it. We're talking about Colossus and Juggernaut making their first appearance and teamwork making the dream work. What'd you guys think of this episode? I think it's very funny because <laughs> I, I remember the episode in pieces, but I forgot how dramatic juggernaut was about claiming he's not a mutant he's his powers from magic bitch he does scream and i magic. thought it was very funny like you're trying to high road us now uh yeah. you're not cooler because you said the word your powers are magical i i don't know where this energy I is mean, coming from that's clearly like a way of just telling the viewers, like, I'm somebody who's different. I'm not a mutant. Yeah. It's just, it's it's super blatant. it's true. There's, like, nobody, no one before that is introduced in the show that has powers that is human. Kind right. Of like, or, like, or a like supernatural. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, I did think, okay, so last week we had the, um, we had Sunfire as the sort of, like, stereotypical Japanese person. Two weeks before we had the stereotypical oh. Alaskan natives. Now we have the stereotypical Russian. It's like... I appreciate like showing of different cultures and like when you were a kid in yeah. the 90s watching that uh, that's all wonderful and great but my god the accent P- Peter's Peter Piotr's Rasputin's accent not we wonderful. have it's like it is like the uh Yakov Smirnov the Captain Planet 
kids all grown up. I well, it's like you have to keep in mind too. Like this is around the time that like Street Fighter Two came out and right. got like every character in that fucking game. Oh, Dalism? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I had to fucking live that down as a kid. <laughs> e Honda, the sumo wrestler. Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, fucking. Well, Blanc is not really a stereotype, but certainly is like outrageous. But like, it's just like. It was just such a different universe then that, like, obviously you're still like, it's fucking problematic as fuck, but, like, everything every day was problematic Well, as yeah, fuck. I mean, they. it's so funny, the, the class politics of it as well, because apparently in this world, uh, Colossus, the Russian, uh, is... A- is a union breaker oh, right. and, and Wolverine stands for a billionaire's mansion. That's right. <laughs> that's the thing wow. he talks about. In <laughs> Russia, real. not Jagger's you. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's like a Christopher Walken. <laughs> what, what, what was that? Oh, that was a, that was a, ya- that was a Yakov Smirnoff. <laughs> I know. That was a Yakov Smirnoff and soda. Uh, also, Hi, Jugger's nuts. <laughs> we've gotten into this episode uh, recap without, talking about the single best line in the episode. What is it? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rogue. Yeah. It's the most blood-curdling scream. But she does that in every episode. But that one, that one was pretty bad because I was looking away from my phone when I was watching this, and then that scream comes on, and it just keeps going on. And I'm it's... like, did they stab her? How do they get this... this <laughs> level of shriek on that Lenora yeah. Zahn just putting in Emmy level work <laughs> it is absolutely fa- well what's funny is uh, you know she became a member of parliament in Canada and she brought that scream yeah. on the campaign trail and in parliament uh, no we love you Lenore uh, I will say going back to Colossus for a second so when he's introduced in Giant Size X-Men number one in the comics like it is still like Cold War era it is like he's on a collective in like Siberia, and so uh, you know Charles Xavier goes and recruits him and all that stuff. 1993 is when this episode aired. This is now a year and a half, two years after the Soviet Union has fallen. So you're clearly got the Russian Federation, this era of Glasnost, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it is. It's interesting from like a geopolitical like historical perspective of how they brought in colossus but as a construction worker really girls i'm like <laughs> i mean i guess it just seems interesting that that's how he was introduced how funny is it though that jubilee was ready to attack him no no evidence whatsoever yeah, other than that he's destroyed a building says all right that guy's guilty wolverine says hold on girly, let's wait and then the first thing Wolverine does is just attack him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he I, it almost seemed to me like he wanted to fuck Colossus's face or get his ass eaten because the amount of times he jumps on Colossus's back yeah. on a consistent basis just to get... Yeah, it was like the, the origination of it in some capacity. How great is Col- uh, Cyclops' plan, though, where he says, hey, we're doing this as a team. Uh and then you find out his whole plan is just rip off the helmet. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting that it's like eight. It's, I mean, the season's almost over, and that's the first time they really do work together, besides all having their own individual like sequences of right. blowing shit up. They worked together to uh, disorient and confuse a person and then just let him go. Yeah. Who, I, who knows what he's going to do next? So this is like huge. No, like, no, no. We just gave him dementia. That's right. Go out there. This is huge nerd imprinting moment, though, because this episode did have such an impact on me when I was playing with my action figures that I like consistently recreate, not with the character X-Men, mind you, but because like, I was a big G.I. Joe fan. But like I would constantly be like, we got to do this and work together as a team and constantly do the same shit where they're all just like flying around, beating the <laughs> shit out of one person just to do like one kill shot. And it's just very funny because I was like thinking about it as I was rewatching it, I'm like, Oh my god, this show really did have an impact on my life and G.I. Joe figure usage. Um but they still don't know where the professor is because he's at Muir Island. Are you guys excited about that? Um Sure. Well I am excited about Gene's ability to convey information. Uh, um hold on, let me let me see if I can contact Charles. He's dead. <laughs> or unconscious. <laughs> Which uh Gene, there's a pretty big gap between those two or he has some of the apparently very common protective material i am Uh, excited though for the end of the season because it is going into like their interpretation of days of future past which is i thought it was actually 
if I remember correctly, was pretty good. No, it is. It's because it, it really does mimic the um, the like, comic. Yeah, exactly. Like when the what is it? Well, when, if they're not Freedom Force and not is it Freedom Force? No, it's Freedom Force in the comic. Yeah, exactly. But like they they still have the well, they're the brotherhood. brotherhood. They're the Brotherhood. Before but it is them. all the same players and like well besides Destiny and like the same kind of thing. Like I am I. It was funny when we read, went back and reread some of the issues of Destiny and like how she was introduced or like during those sequences. I'm like, oh, these are like panels lifted out of the. Yeah, I mean, they changed it. Obviously, it's not like Kate Pride; it's right. Bishop and all that. So do, yeah. we, do we see more of Colossus this season, or does he, as part of his plan, uh, like go find his sister and travel the country and go to Disney World I know. and other things in his stupid list of. I'm going to build a mansion and then get out of here. Uh, oh, you, you haven't seen the spinoff. Uh, it's Colossus and the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> he does come back just so he goes, Ileana. 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 That's Why, that is Ileana, my sea star. <laughs> wow, we are so canceled. All right, let's, let's get on to on. some issues. Our weekly recap of all things X. And this week we've got Axe, Judgment Day number five. Avengers number 60. Fantastic Four number 47. And then non-Axe related, we got New Mutants number 30. Legion of X number five and the new Exterminators number one. Axe Judgment Day number five. Kieran Gillen writing and Valerio Schiti on art. Axe continues with an all out assault and the first human resurrection. What? Big ass. What? Yeah. What'd you guys think? Uh, I still really, really like it. It definitely is feeling like, okay, they're like trying to like decompress this as much as possible. But, uh, my God, Kieran Gillen writes a really good Steve Rogers, and Valerio Skiti draws him really well, too. So so much so that I'd love for that team to take over, like, the Captain America thing. Because the panel, when you just see him sort of despondent and kind of, like, giving that kind of, like, sad smile to uh, one of the humans, I I was like, that's Steve. That's Steve Rogers for me. Uh, Also, I want a team up of um, Steve and Nightcrawler in the same way that we had a Beast and Wonder Man team up back in the 80s and 90s. They're so good together. I was going to say, for someone who really was, I mean, he's been a part of it, but for someone whose Legion of X storyline, which we'll get to in a second, is still like kind of wrapping up and then continuing unrelated slightly to Judgment Day so far, it's really impressive how much chemistry they have and how involved Nightcrawler is in this like arc. I. It's funny that you mentioned Legion of X. I know we're going to get that more. uh, And I did like Legion of X. But, like, for so long under Cy Spurrier, you have this, like, doubting Thomas Uh version of Kurt that it it was so refreshing seeing, like, the happy warrior. Yeah. uh, That's what made me fall in love with Kurt Wagner. Yeah. I thought he was very fun. He was bringing a lot of that... I just had weaponless Zen sex energy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, although a uh, continuity issue, uh, the what? Fantastic Four showing up in this fight when apparently they're doing something else, but maybe they maybe oh, they somehow pr- find a way to to get here for this. Well, that's what I mean. I presume stable molecules. I think, I think uh, I'm pretty sure that Fantastic Four forty seven and the subsequent part two i guess will all I'll happen before because yeah because avengers and fantastic four are pre him going uh i did the math i like uh, i did some voodoo economics you look like you're all should be dead so like that is the only part that i hate about these tie-ins as always which is like stop showing me stuff that's happening in the past for like exactly what you're talking about yeah. like we already know the forward momentum nobody's dead they're all surviving like, to be fair going. Up until this point, it's been really consistent. Oh, 100, yeah. So this is just one of the few inconsistencies. So Hey, so Captain America uh, comes out of an egg, right? But he Spoilers. comes with the shield? The yeah. shield? Like, he's is that is that actually a part of him? Because uh, he, he is clearly breaking out. There's a lot going on in that panel that we don't have answers to. But I'm assuming I'm it's just, just bad like to say, it's Captain America. <laughs> Like well, they throw the shield they at him. <laughs> I think the shield is right next to the egg, and yeah. he's like lifting Boosh. it up. But they got—they had to show like some kind of yeah, signifier. There's no it, way you know who the fuck it is. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I did. I thought that was like a good reveal. I mean, I to be honest, I thought that this was going to be another. I thought they were playing a trick on the fucking celestial because you know how he got in their mind and was like, "Look what happened. Yeah. You all yeah. died." I thought they were showing him that he was killing half of them while they were still doing something else. I it did feel very weird to me that I'm like, I I had to keep going back and forth. Cause I'm like, wait, all those people died again or like died in real life this time? Uh, can we just say that uh, speaking of the progenitor, like he is a toxic male because right here he goes, I have told it to end. The planet itself has said no. I will thrash into obedience. 
consent is sexy progenitor it's it is i will say as the the series goes on it's very i mean i guess that's perfect because it calls it it's an infallible it's a fallible god yeah of sorts the cel- and the celestials are fallible gods. correct that's the whole pro- that's the whole point but it is it is exhausting that i'm like they're they're sort of heavy handing the infallibleness or the fallibleness of like i'm starting to lose track of his actual character versus like you know it just it seems like a, i guess you could say it's like it's a messy puppy god because we've also like they also made him from a bunch of different spare parts but i i don't get the read on exactly how i'm supposed to take away from him like is he is it just that like he's showing a lot of anger in this issue versus like some of the other stuff because there's the stuff i think last week with uh is it i think her name is komali or the the wife of komali but it was like basically I need to leave. Like I'm worried about her. Like it, I feel like he's getting weirder and weirder for plot purposes rather than like having a true perspective on life. I kind of like it um, because of kind of what you said, this sort of young puppy God. It's like somebody who's way too powerful, but is very immature how like certain deities are shown in different like pantheons. Yeah. But even to a certain degree, like the sort of like the Judeo Christian or the Abrahamic God, you know, sort of in the old Testament has this sort of like very like, judgmental and a very like he's a petty ass bitch like he's like oh you didn't do what i wanted i'm gonna flood your ass oh i i just watched prince of egypt and yeah very much easy to confirm oh yeah exactly yeah exactly (laughs) it's like i'll send i'll send seven plagues on you i'm like (laughs) for no reason for no reason yeah so uh, you know having that and then uh one of the observations i made was um you know, we we've talked a little bit about like you know who passes the judgment who doesn't pass the judgment and for the most part, the people who are passing the judgments are the ones who are very sure of themselves mm-hmm. and the ones who show doubt haven't passed the judgment. So it's not like a, a good evil kind it's of a thing. It's just conviction. Or and you know. it, it very much goes into this like sort of, um, you know, some, some somewhat Catholic, but even in like Protestant, like Christian religions, it's like if you just believe, then you are saved yeah. no matter what bad behavior or bad things you do. And somebody made a really good observation online of like evangelicals specifically, but it's all fundamentalists who are, they are the least intellectually curious people mm-hmm. on earth. And it's because they are so sure of the, um, you know, the world and their place in the world and their mission and whatever it is. And it kind of ties back into like sort of like ultra MAGA that's happening right now because mm-hmm. there is a huge overlap right there. And, it it's it's just it's absolutely fascinating that like that's what this is mirroring to me and so i really do like it yeah like i think the progenitor is actually a very compelling antagonist in that regard yeah i i think i've got you know every day i have too much calf which makes me a catholic (laughs) as opposed to a catholic (laughs) what was that catholic Catholic. (laughs) do you drink too much no i'm a catholic oh my god God, that's all. I, that's all I can think about. That joke is uh, making me a rageaholic. I'm addicted I, to rageahol. No, you mean a rageolic uh, is the right way to say it. I will. I'm surprised that we've got some time still, and six is pretty a, far away. And then there's Omega. Omega. Yeah, so six is coming out in, uh, in October. Yeah. And Omega. But then, if you've looked at like all the uh, additional stuff, there's a lot of like like Axe one-shots. There's an Axe Avengers one-shot, even though there was an issue of Avengers this week, which we'll talk about. Because um, it's continued in Axe Avengers, so we'll find out more about Captain America. Yeah, and then we've got Axe X-Men, even though there's a regular X-Men series happening. <laughs> Axe Iron Fist, okay. Axe Star Fox, that makes a lot of sense. Axe Iron Fist is like the weirdest fucking toss-in. It, it is, and it's also fists and axes. Mm, okay. Uh, well, let's kind of tie, do some tie-ins. So Avengers number 60, Mark Russell and Greg Land. Clint gets judged. Uh, I did like the continuity of him wearing his Thunderbolts costume, because if you look at the belt, he's got the little like lightning bolt of the Thunderbolts. Ah. Um, and I was shocked that this was Greg Land's art, because I was like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised, and I went back and looked. I was like, it's motherfucking Greg Land. Because it was mostly men and not uh, porno stars. <laughs> well, even the men look kind of awful in Greg Land's art. I just think this there's. I think this looked more dynamic. I than agree. His usual no, static I thought art. I, when you told me that it was Greg Land, and I was like, huh? Because I thought it was actually very pretty. Yeah, I thought the writing was great. Huh? <laughs> no, it is really good. So uh, I haven't really read much of. Um, Mark uh, yeah, but uh, I believe he's queer actually. So <laughs> they seem to get a long time. To talk to the progenitor. <laughs> well, because I'm assuming he's everywhere at once, right? Like yeah. it's just a typical god. So but, like, but for the other for the other people, every other interaction seems to be like 
four or five sentences yeah. back and forth. Meanwhile, are you going to be good? No, he's Fail. the progenitor decides <laughs> to do like a dinner with Andre thing <laughs> with Clint and just hang out for a little bit. I and like just like that. talk about the nature. He also of life. teleported into multiple people's body, like not bodies, but like he manifested as Natasha. He manifested as Luke Cage. Yeah. Like, so he really took a shine to to Clint for absolutely no reason. Very, it reminded me very much more of a DC storyline because I feel like in DC there's always some omnipotent fucking super god yeah. like talking to some random hero that's usually just like a human that happens to be a hero or a random person of like, well, you got to think about this and make sure to weigh these two. I like you know just some yeah. stupid. How do you what do you take away the metaphor or the comparison to the mailbox? Kind yeah, of made me furious. Really, I thought it was funny. Yeah, it's funny for three seconds until you give any thought to it, which is that how useful is a mailbox if people don't show up and actually deliver the mail? You're just putting mail into a hole unless there's human beings who are acting and doing things. Oh, I thought you were going to complain because everyone spoke aloud about what they were going to do. And that woman's like, Jimmy's going to enjoy his cookies. I was like, everybody fucking walks up to a mailbox and screams that aloud. I want to go back to this. Mails and holes. Keep keep going. (laughs) Uh, That old woman who's just like so happy. I really hope Billy likes these cookies while she is drying out. (laughs) Like her lips are receding into her teeth. Like I get it. You got to do what you can. But like I just love whenever there's like, yeah, they just exclaim things in the comic (laughs) universe. Oh, the mail. Boy, boy, oh boy. I do how I love the mail. That was a little weird motif. I didn't really love it. But because it's a mailbox in New York City, I was expecting it to come alive and like become, a demon yes. and like and start eating people. Because it's the uh, same color mailbox too from that uh, free comic book day one shot. Oh, Spider-Man. you're right. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah. Uh, if you were going to, if the progenitor was going to come to your to us right now, who would they manifest as for you? I mean, probably a mailbox at this point. <laughs> Could <laughs> you beat a mailbox? Sorry, second question. Could you beat a mailbox in life? Because yeah. for what I just said about mailboxes. They got you. They, uh, be, oh, you think you're better than me, bitch? I judge you. Fail. Uh, I think it would be either like a parent or like a boss. I feel like your mom showing up. Would... My mom and like basically judging me for not living up yeah, to Yeah, I agree. Kaylin's mom would also judge me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I is a good point. Like, I, I was like, it's, the easy answer is to be like, I don't know, my boyfriend. But I'm like, I don't know if that's the person that would like, you know, like really try to go hard on. I think it's your work wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. The way you talked about her before, or or it's our good friend Ryan Rexroth. <gasps> no, it's so actually what's really funny is I have it would be. I have like I guess I have a work wife and now I have a work sister yeah. because um she's a work sister wife. She's, she's a little bit older than me and like she was just she's just been like such a sweetheart. She's really lifted me up when I need it. Like I told her a couple of weeks ago that like I used to love scratch offs as a kid. She gave me like a card to be like keep your head up with a bunch of scratch off tickets. She would be one to show up because like she is so thoughtful and such a human person. Yeah, that she would just be like. Do you really think like if like the progenitor came up like do you really think you're making the impact you think you are and then I'd be like oh god she's right like you know it's like that's what like if I made her disappointed yeah. that's when I would know I fucked up big time yeah I think for me it'd probably be the rock but he wouldn't want to do something negative so <laughs> I I probably get back. Meryl Streep but <laughs> she's made out of spiders so. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, Miran- get- it's Miranda Priestly. You get Meryl Streep from Death uh, Becomes Her with the hole in her stomach. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also Miranda again, Priestly. Again, it's still spiders in the shape of and she's Meryl Streep, and she's telling you about cerulean, the color, and like yeah. where it, it could comes be from. Whatever you want. Yeah, uh, judging your jewelry. Any? Let's talk Fantastic Four number forty-seven. David Pepose and Juan Cabal. In the midst of Judgment Day, the Baxter Building gets infiltrated. This stuff to me feels like more of the on the ground type thing outside of the individual people who are being judged that I want to see, which is, hey, it's the end of the world. How does the looting work? Uh-huh. Everyone who's everyone knows that the world is going to be saved. Yeah. Let's gamble on them not paying attention now and steal some good stuff. Uh, I felt uh, I haven't read Fantastic Four in a minute and I haven't really read much of this writer stuff before. But this felt like the Fantastic Four, for sure, and, uh, and I liked it. I love 
Oubliette, by the way, as a character. I've loved her since Grant Morrison introduced her. Who is that beige? Uh, in uh, Marvel Boy. She is the daughter of a, another supervillain called, like, basically, like, Midas. Okay. And somebody who has, like, uh, one of Iron Man's original armors and just, like, wears it and, like, collects stuff. And oh. so Oubliette um, was, uh, like, his daughter and fought Novar, like, Marvel yeah. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I like that character a lot. Uh, and my kinky, God, kinky outfit. It's so great. Right. It, yeah. No, this is a pure S and M, you know, uh, but at the, can we talk about the art? Cause Juan Cabal, he drew the all new Wolverine series that Tom Taylor wrote mm-hmm. with Laura. Uh, he's drawn, he drew, uh, Al Ewing's guardians for a minute. Yes. Um, he, this guy deserves to be a superstar. Gorgeous. Like, uh, like he needs to be up there with like Russell Dodderman and like, um, uh, oh gosh, who's the X Men artist that we love? Uh, Pepe Larraz. Yes, like he needs to be up there, like thought of a uh, thought of in like kind of that caliber because he is so fucking good. I I do all of these tie-ins also still continue to show me the why this um, s- sort of event works. It's not that. The reason why like, I usually hate these mega events is because obviously everyone's like, okay, you go over there, you go over there. There are some people fighting for no reason. I always go back to War of Realms because I was just like, that could have been good, but it was all just a bunch of fucking people fighting for no reason the whole time. Yeah. Because this is so laser-focused on the judgment, it actually allows for really good character study mm-hmm. and like kind of like it's not going to advance a ton of people's plots, but I do love... When you pick up these one shots, even if you haven't been with the team in a while, you get like good psyche, good like discussion, thought process. And I thought that's what worked this week with Avengers and Fantastic Four is like, I'm like, oh, I'm not reading these series right now. I haven't seen these characters in a while, but at least it feels like a good version of like just checking in on that person to see what's kind of up and in their head. If you're a longtime reader of the Fantastic Four, I could see reading this and feeling like, what's the point of it i do think there is a feel though that i kind of enjoy of it being like a pilot episode for the fantastic four (laughs) set within the axe uh not incorrect yeah Yeah. let's understand that i'm sold on all the characters i think it makes me feel like sue is the center of the team i agree Uh, and she's and she's the uh, the best and most underrated character that's why i liked it a lot too yeah um so i'm interested to see how the rest of this plays out and uh, what Reed Richards cooks up, um, but I always feel like his character has to cook up something so interesting that it's I'm cocaine. blown uh, away, <laughs> and I'm worried that that will not happen. Oh well, yeah. And there's like, Reed does play like in these kinds of big cosmic storylines. He's the Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Like he'll like oh, use this. Yeah, it's the ultimate nullifier, which is what was the original like you know thing to take down Galactus mm. when he first invaded, like in the Kirby Lee stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, when you said uh, about the prior story that maybe they had pulled some trick on the progenitor that now makes me think, I wonder if there's some way that they're going to combine the X-Men psychics with the hive mind psychics and then do some sort of psychic attack. Yeah. Uh, that might be more effective to convince him to they're going to do the juggernaut move. They're going to all fly yeah. around, tear wait, off uh, his helmet. Wait, if we could just work as a team for fucking once. And what if we give the celestial head. dementia? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God, that's <laughs> they just send him wandering, walking through the stars. Yeah. He's just like, I forgot who I am. It's like, and they give him like a little like dog just to like play with. <laughs> then, uh, then he's like, he wanders throughout space and he finds another planet just like with repopulating broccoli people who are like, we're, bu- we're finally building our lives back. Yeah. I like that. That he shows up and just destroys it all again. (laughs) That feels like a Rick and Morty episode. Um, I will say um, there was a scene in Acts number five that was very reminiscent of Grant Morrison and Howard Porter's uh, JLA series. Their final arc called World War III where it's like everybody is now part of the Justice League. And so Uh, you you had Steve basically going, everyone's an Avenger now, Avengers assemble. And they and that's they like launched the full out assault and they failed. Yeah. So I was really glad like that was <laughs> another gambit that failed. Yeah. yeah. You know. So we're getting past that kind of like you know yeah. let's all work together. If we all punch hard enough, we'll win. Well, the Care Bear stare. That's at why all. I think we're gonna end up really liking this series even as it wraps up is because. I think it is going to have hopefully a somewhat cerebral ending. If it, if it wraps up, there's 200 issues left. <laughs> left. <laughs> I'm not complaining though. I'm enjoying I'm it. I'm ready for Iron Fist. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move all on. Right. Mew Mutants number 30. We've got Vida Ayala and Alyssa Wong. And then we had multiple artists uh, Jeff Shaw, Alex Lynn, Emma Kubert, 
Jason Liu, Justin Mason, and Jeff Shaw celebrating. Jeff Shaw twice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but one's. Okay. Keep oh, going. I see. Oh yeah, that's God, really funny. I spelled it wrong. Screaming. <laughs> celebrating 40 years of New Mutants, we take a space cruise and learn some new stories about our favorite young mutants. it's a clip show but clips you've never, never seen, seen before, before. I, it's funny as i just wa- i've been rewatching friends don't judge me uh, they did a clip show with clips you'd never seen before uh, so it, that is kind of yeah. co- weird weird coincidence I, I was thinking of rick and morty we're doing this instead of intermetro calorie yeah, yeah there's that well, so kaylin you're obviously the most closely connected to the new mutants uh Given. what did you i'd yeah. love to hear your thoughts on the 40 year kind of like well existence. I it was an okay issue. I'm just surprised. Well, one, I think Vita's uh like run on the New Mutants has been uneven. Yeah, parts of it have been great. The characterization has been fantastic. Um, I think the like the overarching plots have been they haven't really hit for me. Um, and I'm just surprised. Like forty years is a long time. Like you know, and like this book has existed in some form or another, whether it's New Mutants or X Force. Uh, the original X Force, I should say, for a very, very long time, and I'm surprised they didn't bring in like previous writers. Like, I mean, we know Chris Claremont isn't like what he used <laughs> to be, but give the man a bone and let him do a story. Have like John Francis Moore do like uh, the uh, like the X Force on the road. They kind of mm-hmm. did that with the uh, the the Karma storyline, like at not Burning Man, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, do something, you know, with some of the other like some of the other writers and stuff. It just felt very like. I don't know, just very perfunctory for a 40th anniversary. I and feel like I, Claremont would do something crazy. Though. I think ah, he'd do it. He'd but be like, what if what if Rain wasn't a werewolf? What if she was a werehorse? And you're like, all right, dude, I don't know if you're helping. But if you got <laughs> Bill Sienkiewicz drawing it, I would love that. I Well, I think you actually kind of call out an interesting problem, which is like by having really good character development, but maybe a... I just, to your point, I wish there could have been a building over the past two arcs of Vita story that they could have really created a 40th anniversary, like event, if that makes sense. Like I get it. Like, I I don't know if you read the like sort of, I guess, post word or forward, whatever, but like, I appreciated that they were very, you know, we ran down the list of all the things we could do. And I think you're right that it, it feels like there was probably more of an opportunity to tell a, it was a nice celebration, but I do think it felt a little bit like, oh, this is a cute birthday I, party. I guess I read it m- less as a celebration, more, more as like a wake, a, more as a love letter. <laughs> yeah, like, no, right. Like I this, agree. This, this stuff, you know, it instead of it being like, I need to, we need to Blow exactly it. replicate the feel you had when you were reading each story. It's kind of one perspective on what those stories meant to Vita. I, I think also... Like, I love these characters, but the reason for them all to stay together doesn't make sense no. anymore, except for nostalgia reason. Yeah. Like, uh, originally, they were, of course, the second, like, class of, of of X-Men students, you know, and so that made a ton of sense. They evolved into X-Force. That made sense. And then when you had Ze- the Zeb Wells run and the Abnett Landing run in the, in the 2000s, like, uh, you know, Scott using them as, like, the team to... Uh, as an X-Men team to go and fix the problems the X-Men couldn't solve mm-hmm. kind of made sense, but not really. But like during the Krakoan era, like they've had, their mission has been They're like, aggressed, basically. well, well their mission has been to like kind of train the next, ge- next generation of, of X-Men. And you only really saw that in one storyline mm-hmm. that Vita did, yeah. which lasted way too long. The Shadow King storyline. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this book I think is going to end with like issue thirty-three. We're going to have like the uh, three-issue arc with uh, Escapade sort of joining the mm-hmm. New Mutants, uh, and then um, if you believe Comicsology, it says like you know issue number thirty of thirty-three. Uh, and so when you know Sins of Sinister starts next year, they'll find a way to revamp yeah. it or whatever. It, but they've got to give this a reason. And you already have a lot of the other characters in other books, like Magic's and X-Men. Mm-hmm. Bobby DaCosta is in X-Men Red. Yeah, that's um, right. You know, what do we do with Warpath? You know, what do we do with Rain? What do we do with Mirage? I think um, Mirage and Karma, like, I I want to see them do other stuff. Like, like there's a reason why these characters work together, but they've all advanced past, like, the reason that they yeah. were together. Do you think it would work if 
if they made it so that some portion of the team is sticking around like magic i think is hard to keep justifying she's training the kids or something they keep that mission but then they they move up some other characters like nature girl or glob herman or something that then start to interact with like a familiar group but they're kind of like a little bit of an outsider they're just too afraid to your point like there should be new mutants that are not the new mutants like they all the people that they yeah. are training should become the new team but i think they're too scared from a business perspective to like let that team name go to a bunch of people that are not the actual that's right i do have a question did warlock always have this many teeth i feel like <laughs> every panel was teeth 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 it's depend it's all the uh, the way the artist you know, the, yeah. draws them. I will say I loved that story where he was just talking through symbols. Yes. I thought that was really like that. well done. Super smart idea for dialogue and had a great time reading that. Story. That is so much better than the self friend bullshit that I hate. <laughs> wow. But I do like it. I, it I makes like, him it makes him the eighties friend robot friend from an, from outer space. Yeah, yeah, it is it is very much inspired by E. T. Yeah. yeah. So it is what it is. Or the uh, Gizmo, uh what the, is the gorilla from Congo. Oh, Amy. I was thinking about that. Oh, yeah. Amy, Amy. The, oh, yeah. the robot that gains artificial <laughs> intelligence and he's like he's built like from trash basically. Short circuit? Uh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a problematic movie. <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah, Fisher Stevens playing an Indian guy. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't remember anything. Other Fisher Stevens, uh, a white guy playing an uh, Indian no, guy. I, I understood. Yeah. I understood. His name is Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Legion of X number five: Simon Spurrier and Jan Balzadula. Bal, uh, Balzadula. I don't know. I did that wrong. Sorry. The Skinjacker and the Lost God plotlines converge with a wrap to the arcs leading towards Judgment Day. Um. I need to reread this arc. Um, it's fine. I liked the sort of uh, what? What's the eyeball? What's her name? Aura Re- Serrata. I almost called her Rita Aura Serrata. Yeah, I keep I keep thinking Rita Aura. Uh, yeah. It's uh, a great. Uh, what is it? Before and after? Yeah. Or the fuck the Wheel of Fortune is. Uh, not Wheel of Fortune. Uh, well, it is Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, and then or like a drag queen name. Yes. Um, I think you know, like having like a like again going back to the whole idea of like a vengeful and petty god. I like those kinds of characters because yeah. they make a lot of sense. Like they come in with all this bravado, and then they're basically like, "No, you fucked up, baby." I I love. I really liked. I, it I, really I, felt like there was going to be more after <laughs> that sentence. <laughs> no, I, was, yeah. I thought I was this. Done. I kind of really liked this arc. I don't. I think. Weaponless Zen, great introduction. I'd like to see her more. Or yes. Serata getting some prime time before she shows back up and gets deflated in uh, Axe. Yes. Yeah. It's also good. I I think it was actually the... This, I feel like, was a better mini than... Way of X. Correct. Because it, that, it was definitely better, yeah. It just, like, it finally had Nightcrawler. I think I get what you're... I definitely get the swashbuckler, like, you know, romantic Nightcrawler versus, like, the doubting... Religious Nightcrawler. I do think this this came together a lot better. I still do think there was a lot of like, and it's super interesting because I can't ever put my finger on it. For like certain series truly work because everybody's really working together as a team. Pixie and Juggernaut were cute muscle, but it always like everyone didn't get their own story. We right. all didn't and get their own And they also didn't really stick away. around for too long. Right. I think that I feel like Nightcrawler, he's getting a lot of time and he is not getting a lot of appropriate attention from the creative teams behind it or it's it's hard because i do think that there's something here and it's not being nailed in the way that i wish it was i think that this exploration What's of religion the way you wish to be nailed Brent? i want to get nailed on a cross <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh my god not where i thought that was going i i i do want there to be a religion of krakoa i think nightcrawler is a great candidate to do it Introducing Weapon with Zen, uh, fantastic. It's really her series. Questions about she is great. She's the MVP. The the authority of Charles Xavier, fantastic. Bringing back Legion, making sure he's still in the fold. Great. But I don't know that a noir story is the best framework in order to explore this kind of stuff. I I don't know what would have worked better given the the issue constraints. Overall, I still think it's it's fun, but I, I I I feel like it needs to be more epic than this when it's when it is a what I think is supposed to be 
the defining religion of uh, Krakoa. Well, there's the, the, the religion aspect of it, but there's also the policing aspect of it, too. When, like, you know, Zen, like, writes the, the letter to Nightcrawler, you know, and talks about, you know, uh, it was the people that did this. It wasn't, like, like an authority. It was, you know, like, it came from the ground up, and they sort of policed themselves. Yeah. And the whole idea of the spark, like, it's an interesting concept that I don't think enough, like, attention was given yeah. to it of, like, I would have loved to have seen if this book, not to rewrite it, but like this book contrasted more with X-Force, mm. you know, with like the way that Beast is, you know, uh, by all any means necessary, like protecting Krakoa, but actually destroying it versus what, what Kurt is doing and like really kind of, you know, spiritually protecting Krakoa or defending Krakoa. Yeah, I think I get a lot of, for the, as far as the spark goes, I don't know that I feel a lot of understanding about what it's supposed to be. And I know that religion is mysterious, but you are, so you are telling stories. The closest I can think it comes to is like the good place that we should be trying. And that in the process of trying, that's what helps us grow. Yeah. I will say, uh, I do like the mother righteous character. I know, uh, uh, they showed up in, um, immortal X-Men with the, you know, the Shaw Sebastian Shaw issue. Uh, but also I like, banshee's kind of new status quo as a sort of like ghostwriter banshee well uh yeah banshee is now a a two spirit or there's two right because he's got the the same body right i do i do like that i do feel like for five issues mother righteous besides talking like this doesn't really (laughs) oh hey is it so what what, she's all visual is she at this and i mean maybe this (laughs) that's that's what Poor British people sound like Caitlin. <laughs> I don't make the rules, Govna. Like I picture that she feels to me oh, is it like right, bloody good. Oh, eat, oh, eat. <laughs> Fresh in your drink, Govna. <laughs> That's what I always think of every time she yeah. starts talking. And it just it feels like she is almost you know how in movies they say yes, a character from oh, no. the comics is gonna or the books is gonna be in the movie, but they run out of screen time because they can't fit everybody in. So then she's yeah. just sort of like they do it a lot in X-Men movies. They throw in a random character just to be there. Yeah. This feels like someone else like wrote a book about Mother Righteous and they're like, but now she's in this comic and they just like softly touch on who she is, why she, and maybe there's going to be more. So I hope there is because it's a really intriguing character. I just don't truly understand the impact that the characters really made, but she's obviously very focused on Legion, I, so I know they're going to go somewhere with it. I think this is a great way to introduce characters. Light touch. I want to give you a little bit, and then... Uh, uh, is it, are you trying to grab a fly? I'm yeah, sorry. There's, there's, there's a fly. <laughs> so I'm trying to grab. Was, like, so I have to explain to the I, listener. I don't Kalen think s- you do. Kalen swiped at me with all of his fingers. and like, I didn't swipe at y- you. I was trying to like but I thought you were just clap. I thought you were clacking your nails. As like, I was talking, Kalen <laughs> like does this weird like gripping, but it's like keep your mouth shut gesture or should we move along? Keep your this eyes open, stupid bitch. stupid fucking point. No one gives a shit what you think about Mud of the Righteous. Hand purse. Hand purse <laughs> i didn't see a fly so i just thought you were kind of finish your fucking point who cares now, now? <laughs> that's I, right let's I, talk let's get back to this fly and no, my I, inability to I, kill it i i I, re- I feel like i understand that fly he and i are both put down by you eat me <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways I, I i i hope she comes back but like later just just make her Give a her some weird you know fucking character to I show can't up. wait to see her in the next issue of Immortal X-Men by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I think that's where she'll really get her due. I think she's going to be a big part I'm sure of uh, Secrets of Sinister as well. Banshee has lost his fucking mind. That poor guy has been through so much. I mean, he had his face taken off. I love that he commented oh, on that. Oh. This is the most fucked up part. He added which we didn't know that he was skinned alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense because otherwise the resurrection protocol might have kicked into place or something. But, exactly. But, oh my Just God, I didn't need to, like, oh, and also her tits were out and <laughs> yeah. they, they had razor blades. And you're like, why are you adding, why are you making it worse? Wait, aren't you turned on? <laughs> Let's talk Exterminators number one. Uh, Leah Williams is back along with Carlos Gomez. After catching her boyfriend cheating, Dazzler kicks off a night on the town with Jubilee, Boom Boom, and some vampires. Fun grindhouse C type stuff. Um, I enjoy this. Uh, as somebody who's not the biggest fan of Leah's previous work, this was a lot of fun. Um, let's see where the next few issues go. 
I kind of wish that uh, we weren't already spoiled that Laura was going to be in this yeah, because nah. uh, otherwise, you know, the end reveal would have been fine. It's just it's interesting that like I've never thought of Dazzler having like a romantic interest besides Longshot, mm-hmm. and that was like back there in the Outback era. Right. They've never talked about her seeing anyone and so of course it's like this some douchebag who ends up becoming a vampire and they call back to jubilee being a vampire all of it was great yeah i do that's a fun ad for me at the fact that like it's vampire to vampire action i i i'm excited to keep reading it the dial it was i know you have to like suspend yourself and like this is the sort of um pest not i don't know pasties right but the, the palette that they're using which is like the grindhouse the cursing to this it like mom jubilee did seem a bit ex- like an extreme twist boom boom i can see dazzler maybe on a rough night because she got broken up with but i was kind of like i get and this is also just might be my lack of knowledge but like are the three of them all actually really that close no <laughs> no i think i think this is just leah saying i wanted to write you know allison blair uh tabitha and jubilee you and you know and i want to bring in laura cute like i will say the writing is very high quality it's very funny i think the art is gorgeous it's a lot it's of fun really fun pop art i, I love did it. get a birds of prey or the fantabulous emancipation yes. of one harley quinn very much so vibes from this especially with the pigtails on boom boom yes oh I, for sure i that's what it was i was thinking in my head they're all just basically harley quinn from the movies yeah. which is fine and i like i said like I did enjoy the issue. I want to see where it goes. And it'll be probably be interesting as how they blend in Laura into this. Cause she's not going to be, I think is like comedic crazy as the other three. No, she'll be the straight, straight man. man. So, but yeah, no, no, I, it's a good, nice I, did, return I to liked, form. I liked uh, boom, boom saying to Jubilee, you stupid bitch. Obviously this is a simulation. You dumb slut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's certainly more exciting than, um, what's the, pre- the Mr. And Mrs. X. That just wasn't my thing, but I'm really want to see more for exterminate. Yeah. Again, not Leah, it, every Leah time. did not write every that. time. <laughs> yeah, that was I'll, Kelly Thompson. I'll get it one of these days. Sure. All right. So as always, we'd like to wrap up our episodes with a little something we call plug me daddy. Can I get uh, a pop? Well, before we do the pop, we'll do a pop. The one thing I, I also, snap and a crackle. Uh, Mr. B's bar oh. also keyed me Mr. into B. the keyed me into the Harley Quinn stuff. Mr. Uh, J, Mr. B. Oh, very. Oh, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. All right. So do the pop. <laughs> There we go. That's a lot of pops. All right, who wants it's to? A, they're anal beads. Is that what you're plugging again? No. You pl- you pl- okay? You plugged your like non lube lube. You guys named it "Plug Me Daddy" <laughs> without me, and in spite of my protests about the name not making any fucking sense. So you can't blame me for plugging things up. <laughs> you blame Ryan, who's not here, because he came up with that nonsense and it stuck. All right, who has something to plug? Oh, I do. Uh, it's on the Switch. I don't know if it's on other systems as well. It's called Four Tales. Uh, it's about, it is a deck builder and also kind of like a digital board game almost. So you play as, it's a bunch of like, takes place in Android. Is that what you were playing last week when I was at your place? I think so, maybe. When we were watching uh, House of the Dragon and uh, e- Rings of Power? Probably, yeah. It's basically like you're, it, you it's such a it's like basically like a nice little like dungeons and dragons s role-playing game all the character and artwork is beautiful it's all anthropomorphic animals there's tons of choice in it so like every decision you make and every card you use can have different effects on the locations tons of stuff change like at 20 bucks i cannot recommend it's such really good content if you like any sort of board games or persistent gaming like it's really fun to watch uh, where your choices go. I still haven't fully finished it because there's lots of different ways to get to an end. And some of them are actually like non-starters. Like you can get like a bad ending and have to go back to the beginning. So I would just pick it up immediately if you have any interest in like just really fun card-based gameplay. Dale, what do you got? I have a graphic novel called uh, Chef's Kiss. Uh, we picked it up uh, when we were in um, uh, FlameCon. Uh, it is by uh, uh, Jarrett Melendez and um, the artist, sorry, is uh, Danica Brine, Hank Jones, and Hassan uh, uh, Osman Elahu. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm plugging this because, uh, Brent, you and I are going to be talking to Jarrett very soon as our next creator crush. So uh, it's a fun little graphic novel. Uh, it's published by Oni. It's about a, a gay man who uh, and his like three roommates and... Uh, they're just graduated college, and uh, he's going to try to figure out what he wants to do with his life. And uh, he sort of like kind of backs into working in a restaurant. 
It's adorable. It's cute. Uh, it, I'm really excited to talk to, to to Jared about it. I I'll have so many questions and and issues uh, with it, uh, namely how quickly it is uh, for them to unpack their stuff and move in a day, which I find to be a real fucking issue. Uh, but I don't know that the, most of the story is going to be about uh, four friends unpacking stuff when it really should be. All right, let me do my plug. It's it's plug worthy, I think. Uh, Abbott Elementary is back. Yes, and that's not that's not not my plug. But in this episode, they've got Gritty, yeah. who, if you don't know, is the mascot of the Philadelphia Flyers. And if you don't understand the character. Gritty is to mascots what the real housewives are to all women. Uh, chaotic <laughs> monstrosity. That is that both is, accurate and misogynistic that somehow. That is not but... representative of oh the God. nature of mascottery, but he's an icon. Uh, the thing I wanted to actually plug is the thing I like about Abbott Elementary, and it made me want to go back to rewatch Superstore, mm-hmm. is the growing activist comedy uh, t- network TV yeah. shows that I'm really liking because they are genuinely dealing with harder issues in a way that it is funny. Mm. Even if they use some tropes, I get a little bit sick of. But it's enough that you're really still sticking around That's and you point. care about the characters. Purely, very wholesome. Like everything just has a lot of heart and yes. a lot of earnestness to it. And I think that, like, it's not it's not designed to make fun of things or make fun of people. Like it's just very well done. And also like the problems aren't resolved at the end of the episode because these are systemic issues that they have to constantly deal with like unionization and superstore, uh, the lack of like quality, um, you know, supplies and like classrooms and equipment in an inner city school. So, yeah. So watch Abbott elementary support it. I mean, it's already getting lots of love and I think that show is going to stick around for a while, uh, as it should. Uh, that's been our episode. We, we've had a podcast. Uh, we're going to be in New York. Some of us are for New York Comic Con. So you should come hang out with us, have a drink at a bar sinister happy hour. There will be no drink specials. Uh, you'll pay <laughs> double, triple price at this happy hour. Uh, it's at 7 p.m. at Social Drink and Food. Uh, you can look up where that is. Or you can follow us on Instagram where we uh, post all about it all the time. Uh, we're Homo Superior Podcast. We've also mentioned it on Twitter, where we're going to release a poll about whether or not you think The Rock is hot or bangable. I don't remember what the exact way we're going to say. Fuckable. Call it, let's call it rock, paper, scissors. I, th- I agree that he's fuckable, but would you would you be attracted to him? No, this is important to get out, Kalen. Okay? Our Twitter handle is Homo Superior X, which is spelled H-O-M-O-S-U-P. E-R-I-O. Don't do that hand gesture at me. There's no fly this time. X. That's X spelled with the letter X. We've been Homo Superior, the number one fly killers of podcasts across America. Bye. Bye.